0: Thank you so much for joining us on the We Thrive podcast, where we share stories from entrepreneurs around the nation about how they're impacting others and creating a legacy. So I'm your host, Casey Clark, and I'm also the founder and chief growth officer of C. Clark Consulting. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing my dear friend, Michelle Bell, who is an attorney here in Maryland. So thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me. You are very welcome. So tell us a little bit about you.
1: Whew, that's a loaded question. Um, So <laughs> I am wife. I, oh gosh, April 7th will be 15 years. Wow, congratulations. Yeah, that's what I said too. Wow, like <laughs> <laughs> I made it. <laughs> um, I have three children, 22, 13, and 12. Uh, let me see. I'm a big sports fan. I am a Brooklyn girl through and through. I understand that I live in Maryland, but you cannot take the Brooklyn out of me. (laughs) So do you like all New York teams? Absolutely. My husband (laughs) loves all DC teams. So the house is divided in every sport possible.
0: (laughs) He's not a, a, what is it? A Commander's fan?
1: He is. Oh
0: okay
1: that's a whole different
0: conversation.
1: I know I know when when the giants play them we can't be in the same room. Oh wow. <laughs> Not much of a sports fan. Huh? <laughs> we can't be in the same room. We have to be separate. Uh we go to if we go to games, basketball, baseball, hockey, anything, you know, I my jersey is always the New York team. Um, He's the D.C. team, so we just walk in already, rivals. (laughs) Oh, wow.
0: Too, too funny. So what about your kids? I know we're going down the rabbit hole.
1: (laughs) I know. So my daughter, the 22-year-old, she is a D.C. team person. The youngest one, same thing. The 13-year-old, though, he is the most wishy-washy person in history. (laughs) Big which switches teams every year, every season. The only thing that stays consistent is his favorite players. That's it.
0: OK, well, at least he has something there.
1: <laughs> so I lost that bat a long time ago.
0: <laughs> oh, well, too funny. <laughs> so how did you get into being an attorney? I mean, I can see the competitiveness. <laughs> but how did you get into being an attorney? <gasps>
1: Crazy enough, um, fourth grade, you know, they always ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? I said, an attorney. And that was it. So I, I know this is telling my age. My mom used to watch Matlock. Some people may know what that show is. Some people may not. You can look it up, Uh, but she used to watch Matlock every day. (laughs) every day. She was a teacher. So she would get out of um, school before me. So by the time I got home from school, you know, she would have, she watched Matlock all the time and I would watch it with her. And then I was like, you know what? That looks like fun. (laughs) And so I decided in fourth grade that I'd be an attorney and I stuck with it and became one. So um, it wasn't always fun, but (laughs) it's fun now. Yeah, that's good.
0: So if memory serves me, you started in litigation?
1: Yeah. So yes, I started in healthcare litigation. Um, I was that person who would go against, you know, the government agencies. Okay. So that's that's where I started. Um, I mean, you know, litigation, you got to be competitive. You just have to have that extra you know, um, but it does take some things out of you. So yeah. I I um after a while, you just like oh, okay, you know, the kids have I don't I didn't want to miss out on a lot of the things that the kids were doing. Um, events, like I said, we're big sports people, so the kids played sports. My daughter did travel cheerleading. It is a sport, nobody contact me and say it's not. I'm telling you. <laughs> I have the receipts, I've seen it and the injuries I've seen this woman, this little girl go through. It's a sport. But um her with traveling cheerleading, um, you know, and then the boys travel baseball and basketball, it became okay, do you want to spend your time prepping and doing litigation? Or um do you wanna do something else that's really you know heartfelt for me, but still allows me to be mom? because I don't want the kids when they're 20 something years old sitting at the table talking about memories. And then I don't have a part in it. Yeah. You know, it'll be like, oh yeah, mom, you were working or you were in the office or you were preparing for court. I didn't want that.
0: Yeah. So you bring up a great point. It sounds to me like part of thriving to you is kind of that work-life balance. Um, But I don't want to steal your thunder. So tell (laughs) me what Thriving means to you
1: <laughs> that that's really what it is, that work-life balance. Um, plus, I didn't like having to ask someone if I could take a day off and then have to wait for their answer.
0: I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're so like
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's a problem for me. <laughs> You and me both. (laughs) And then I have to wait for your answer. And what if your answer is no? So now I'm looking like, so do I just call in sick anyway? Or (laughs) (laughs) it just make everyone mad?
0: (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) So aside from not being the best employee, (laughs) what are some (laughs) other obstacles that you faced uh, that kind of were preventing you from thriving?
1: Oh my goodness! Uh, so a lot of obstacles. I can tell you a few <laughs> off the top obstacles that I faced. One, um, it, it, the obvious being a, a black female. I have covered cases for other attorneys. Um, so mm-hmm. I think there was one attorney I covered a com- some of his bankruptcy cases for him because um, I had to be in that court anyway. So for something else, so you just went upstairs to the bankruptcy court and just handled you know what he needed me to handle. And every time all the attorneys there, and it's it's a small group of attorneys, I could have been there the day before. I could have been there for two days straight, three days straight. People would come to me and ask me, am I whatever the debtor's name is? And I'm like, no, I, that's not me. And they're like, well, do you know who that is? No, I don't. And then it's, well, what case are you here for? So I would say the case and they're like, okay, I would go check in and it never fails. I sit in the in the gallery, the gallery waiting for the case to be called. And it's always someone tapping me, asking me, am I the debtor? So I would walk up to the attorney table, you know, stand in the attorney spot and, you know, say my name and who I represented and stuff like that. Then it was okay. I would come back the very next day. Same people, same attorneys, same people asking me the exact same questions. i'm like in 24 hours the hair the face it didn't change my clothes did (laughs) well that's good (laughs) yeah so i would face that um i faced where males have and in all races this one is not based on race but males would threaten me uh you know you're going up against my uncle you're going up against this you know, I had one threatened, called on the phone and said, I'm going to be there in court. And I do not know what um, courtroom you're in. And I'm coming and I'm going to kick your butt because you're going up against my family member. And, you know, wow. I had to remember who I was because the Brooklyn in me. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> wanted
0: to I'm an to attorney, me. but let me tell you,
1: <laughs> don't <laughs> let Brooklyn come out. <laughs> It just did. So I faced that a lot. And it was just like, it's unnecessary. Yeah. It is absolutely unnecessary. I'm doing my job. So I I faced um, challenges with that. And then also owning my own firm. You know, I didn't do the traditional way, which was you get the summer associates, you go work for the big law firms right after you graduate. And then after five, six or whatever years, if you want to hang out your own shingle, go ahead and do that. I didn't do that.
0: You're like, let's go all in.
1: Oh, yeah. I jumped off that cliff. (laughs) (laughs) With no plan.
0: plan. (laughs) Sometimes you figure it out on the way down.
1: That's what I said. My husband looking at me like, "Mm." (laughs) hmm. Yeah, it'll work out. It'll work out. Trust me.
0: And it did. (laughs) (laughs) So when you were jumping off the cliff, what are some of the resources that you use to help you?
1: Oh, my goodness. So my church has, they still have it, legal ministry. Okay. And I, I joined that. And I think I joined legal ministry probably right after... I can't remember if it's right after I graduated. No, it wasn't right after I graduated. It was um hmm might have been when I was studying for the bar. I can't remember. But I joined that. So you know that had people who worked in the industry, had other attorneys. Okay. Um, you know, and then talking with them and speaking with them, I found out who had their own firm. Um, I spoke to them, would go out, you know. To dinner or lunch, and just ask a bunch of questions. I always took with me a legal pad and pen because I was writing down all the notes. Um, I would uh, they would tell me what organizations to join. Um, I, I did not like networking at that time, so I would if I felt comfortable with one or two people, I would just continue talking to them. And if they didn't answer, I just continuously kept texting and emailing. Um, until, because you were going to talk to me one way or another.
0: I'm not surprised. (laughs) I know.
1: But I, yeah, so just joining different groups um, and and being around what I wanted to do. So I knew I wanted to have my own, so I had to do that. And then when I, I was licensed in DC first. So when I got licensed in DC, they have um, this class you can take. Uh, I think it's, own your own practice. I can't remember the title, but it's like something, something 101. and they give you this big book of resources. And they tell you about office space, insur- malpractice insurance. I mean, like it really gives you everything. So wow. I did that class. I got the book. You know, I went to the bar, uh, the DC bar, not the liquor bar, the DC bar. <laughs> <laughs> I went to them for their resources. I'm just saying some people may not know, and um, our stuff is called bar association and we just say bar for short (laughs) yes um, i would i literally went through all those resources because i had not a clue law school had not taught me how to uh, run a business how to have my own law firm it didn't teach me that it taught me the law and how to apply it and do the logic and the rationalization and all that good stuff but not how to run a uh, law practice so Between those books and talking with people, networking and trial and error experience, that's pretty much how I learned. And and that's why I tell, you know, I try to help others if they're just starting out. Not a problem. I'll tell you what, what I did right, what I did wrong, where you can find things.
0: So you made mention that with school, they didn't teach you how to start a business, which. I personally find fascinating because I have an MBA and they didn't teach me how to start a business, (laughs) which speaks volumes. So what do you think, like one of the biggest lessons that you had was as you were trying to figure out your way of being not only a new attorney, but a business owner?
1: Not understanding that business debt is different from personal debt. Mm-hmm. So if I, un- I was under the impression at the time that they were the same. So I knew I was cash-based. So I didn't spend what I didn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, So whatever I had in the account, if I had $1,500 in the account, then I made sure my bills were less than that $1,500. But as, you know, you go on, you realize you have to have money to expand and to, to get where you need to be. And there's a difference between business debt and personal debt. It's okay for the business debt because you need it to, you know, to, to, to run your business. So I for me, that was a big lesson because once I realized that and I went and got money that's out there for business owners, it opened up a whole new world for me. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> like i'm like i struggled for like four or five years yeah because i kept I'll- everything small because you know whatever was there i'm like okay this is all i have for this not knowing that there's money out there and once you you get it and you borrow it of course you get to pay it back mm-hmm. it opens up like so many additional doors for you and you can do much more yeah So that was a Um, big thing for me.
0: Yes, you're speaking my language. I (laughs) love talking about expanding, but we won't go that route. So So talk to me a little bit about legacy. Because, you know, you are an estate attorney. So I already feel like there's so much that comes with that. But when you hear legacy, like, what does that mean
1: to you? So legacy to me means more than money. I know most people think first thing is money. Mm-hmm. It's way more than money. Uh, and, and my situation could be a little different. So that's why I may think look at it that way. But for me, it's the stories, um, your family stories, you know, your family values, your family morals, like the things you've learned that you want to pass down to other generations. Mm-hmm. Like I know for me, starting my own business my child my my youngest they are um the two my daughters the oldest one she's 22 and then the boys are 12 and 13 so they ask me questions all the time about you know what does this mean when you have your own business how does that work i see you do this why do you do that you know cuz their dad doesn't have his own business he works for a company whereas i have my own so he see they see the difference in how it is so I, I'm very open and honest with them. I talk to them about the money aspect of it because, I mean, hiding money from kids, I mean, that's, that's a setup. They need to learn how to do that, that type of stuff. We're going to send them out in the world they don't know anything about it. Well, the first time they hear about it is from a credit, a credit card person or a creditor. That's a setup.
0: Yeah.
1: But for me, legacy is just way more than money. It's what you're teaching. Um, I see my daughter, when she, was, she got her first uh, job outside of me, because I always make me be the first employer of my children. When they turn 14, you will work for me. I like it. Teach what you're doing wrong, you know, what you should okay. do, what you should not do. And then after that, she went and worked for Wendy's. But I had to teach her how to interview, how to look, how to dress, how to this, how to that. So I taught her all of that. And then when her friends were interviewing, she would come home and be like, Mom, you know, these my friends wore jeans and all this other stuff to the interviews. And I said, I didn't teach you that. And you're not doing that. But they didn't know. Yeah. And so she actually would get her friends and be like, oh, you're not going to the interview looking like that. And she would go it. to the closet and, and tell them what they're wearing, especially oh, the males. Wow. She was like, you're not going wearing this. No, pull your pants up. You're wearing this, you're wearing that. And when she did that, all her friends, males and females, they actually started coming to her. That's and awesome. then start asking her questions like, okay, we would, you know, with her, I would do a dry run with interview, with interview questions, like, you know, the typical ones. Mm-hmm. And so then she started doing that with her friends. So then they started getting their jobs that they were applying for. So to me, that's a legacy because that's something that yeah. will keep going. Absolutely, you know, I love that.
0: <laughs> Yeah. Something you don't even think about, like as simple as like essentially mock interviews. I mean, how far that can spread. I love that. Absolutely.
1: And don't be on your phone when you walk in someone's house. (laughs) Now I think we're getting into pet peeves, maybe. (laughs) You know, but those those are things I pass down to them. You know, get your friends. No, they cannot walk in talking on the phone.
0: Yeah. (laughs) My sister is seven years younger than me, and I'll never forget, we were sitting there at Thanksgiving one day, and she was, literally had her fork in one hand, her phone in the other, and I grabbed that phone, I said, I think not, she looked at me, you're not my mom, I said, okay, and you're at my dinner table. (laughs) Like, that is a no-no, you can't do
1: that. See? (laughs) <laughs> and, and look, that's a story that can go down, you know, it's going to be passed on because I'm sure she's going to tell someone. Yeah. She's going to tell people, watch. So yeah. to me, that's legacy. Like that's stuff you're not going to get everywhere. You know, you have those stories. So to me, it's more than just money.
0: Yeah. I love it. I love it. So. Speaking of giving people advice, if you could Mm -hmm. give someone advice that was either becoming an attorney or starting their own business, what would you tell them?
1: Take a marketing class.
0: (laughs) Um, I'm not paying her. (laughs) And Why would you say that?
1: (laughs) Marketing is the biggest thing. Because whether you have your own business or you work for a law firm, you still have to get clients. Yeah. You have to get clients and you got to know how to get them. So obviously working for yourself, getting that client is different than when you work for another firm, but you still have to get clients. I mean, if you work for a big firm, you're not going to always be able to work on someone else's clients. You have to find your own. Right. These firms, some of them are uh, sink or swim. Yeah. So you have to find those. So in order, whether it's a big firm or yourself, you got to know how to get clients, which means you gotta know how to market. Yeah. And you gotta know how the market is. So if it's you know, regardless of what area of practice you want to do in law, you have to know, like say if you want to go after physicians to be your clients. You can't do the same marketing for them like you would um if you want to have mechanics as your clients. You can't do that. You know, well, physicians oh, right. You know, they're not always on social media. <laughs> you right. may not see them that way. So for me, I take a marketing class. It will help you no matter what it is that you're gonna do, whether it's your a big firm, a medium-sized firm, a small firm, your own firm. You gotta know how to market yourself, set yourself apart from people, And get your clients
0: yeah well speaking of setting yourself apart i'd like to give you a little plug (laughs) so for anyone listening uh, we've actually had michelle speak at an event that we had at a wonderful winery and she is a very out-of-the-box thinker and really looks at things in a different light um, and brings a lot of awareness so i highly recommend having a conversation with her
1: (laughs) Oddly enough, I try to make my uh, how do you say my interaction with people an experience?
0: Yeah. Exactly
1: yeah, it has to be an experience. When you're working with me, it has to be an experience. Um that to me, I think that's what sets me apart.
0: Yeah. From I would agree. Yeah, oh, thank uh, you. <laughs> you're very welcome. So how can people uh find you
1: on the internet? Uh, when I said take marketing classes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so my my website is, so I had to be different because Michelle Bell, you would think that that's a unique name. I know it's been in songs and everybody loves it. And I do have people call me and sing me those songs, both versions, the Slick Rick version and I believe the Beatles version. I have both. So that's how I know what generation is calling me by which one they sing. Um, <laughs> and then, um, you know, so I had to change it because there's. There are other Michelle Bells out there. So it is M as in Michelle, C as in cat, B as in boy, law, P as in paul, com is my website um, on Facebook. Same thing. Uh, MC Bell, law firm, Instagram. I went a little different. So it's a lasting legacy beyond you. Ah, I like it. And I went a little different on, you know, IG. I don't even remember Twitter. I'm not even gonna lie about that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, if anyone wants to have a conversation with Michelle, I promise you, she will keep you laughing. (laughs) And don't tell her if you
1: like any DC sports. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I know. Don't, don't lead off with that. Don't do that that (laughs) that in the conversation. Don't lead with it. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been a pleasure as always. Thank you. I have
1: fun too. I was a little nervous, but I have fun too. You are fine.
0: And <laughs> I'd also like to thank our music sponsor, Stephen Lamar Moore, who created the music for our podcast. So thank you again, Michelle, and take care. Thanks. Thank you.